Welcome to Making Your Impact, a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Welcome back to Making Your Impact. I am so glad you are here. For those of you who don't know me, I am your host, Melissa Ike. I am a co-founder and director of communications and development for the Dragonfly Home, which is a nonprofit, an anti-human trafficking activist, attorney, speaker, and writer. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeick.com. In today's episode, we are discussing, as promised, more Gretchen Rubin goodness. Today, we're talking about her book, Better Than Before, which is chock full of practical solutions that can help us create habits that feed into achieving our goals and making our impact. But before we dive in, it's time for an Instagram shout out. I'm doubling up for this week's Instagram shout out, both Adrian Skillern and Finn's Goods, because they're kind of the same person. Adrian is a friend of mine from my Tulsa days who followed the podcast Instagram. And Finn's Goods is the online shop she and her husband Kevin own. They've been great friends to me. Finn's Goods has a lot of cute apparel for kids and adults, especially featuring the town of Bartlesville, Oklahoma, where they live. And Finn's, by the way, is an acronym of their daughter's names. Super cute. So thank you. Hello, Kevin and Adrian. Thank you for following the podcast Instagram. Lots of love to you guys and your family. If you would like a shout out as well, just head over to the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. Click the follow button and I just may give you a shout out on the show. So let's go ahead and dive into Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. I chose this book for making your impact because upon listening to it on Audible last January of this year, it pretty much immediately helped me start rearranging like thought processes and habits and life systems. And ever since, I have legitimately seen the effects that it has had on helping me make my impact throughout this whole year. And I think the best way to introduce the core theme of this book is to just let Gretchen herself do it. Now, I wish that meant that she was here with me, but that is not what I mean. What I mean is I'm just going to read something from her introduction from Better Than Before. Gretchen says, when we change our habits, we change our lives. We can use decision-making to choose the habits we want to form. We can use willpower to get the habits started. Then, and this is the best part, we can allow the extraordinary power of habit to take over. We take our hands off the wheel of decision, our foot off the gas of willpower, and rely on the cruise control of habits. That's the promise of habit. Perfection may be an impossible goal, but habits help us do better. Making headway toward a good habit, doing better than before, saves us from facing the end of another year with the mournful wish, once again, that we'd done things differently. That is what I want for you. This is Melissa again. That is what I want for you to feel like, say at the end of this year or next year, like you have made progress toward pursuing your calling and making your impact in the world. So I'm gonna give you a brief overview of the book and then I'm gonna tell you three ways that I believe wholeheartedly that it could help you on your journey to making your impact. 
So as I alluded to in reading that little introduction, in Better Than Before, Gretchen wants to help us build habits that will lead to a happier life. That's kind of her theme, a happier life. But for those of you listening to this show, a happier life probably involves pursuing your calling to make a positive difference in the world. Uh, That's definitely the lens through which I viewed the book. And Gretchen emphasizes the importance of knowing ourselves, our tendencies, our natural inclinations, and then working within those to form our habits rather than trying to change our inherent nature. I really appreciate that about her. So first, she spends a chapter talking about the four tendencies, which if you've listened to most any other episode of this show, you've heard me talk about. That's a framework that she created to help us, you and me, determine how we respond to expectations we set for ourselves and how we respond to expectations that others have for us. I did talk about the four, her actual whole book, The Four Tendencies, in depth in episode 10 of this podcast if you want to have a quick listen to that. Then Gretchen goes into smaller distinctions that we can learn about ourselves. And the distinctions she she talked about are most of them are related to habits. And then a lot of them are just kind of related to life and goal setting in general. And I'm going to go into those a little more uh, later on. But the biggest part of Better Than Before is the section where Gretchen goes into a bunch of strategies and practices that we can employ alongside our nature to form our habits. I would love to spend just hours talking about these, but that would make it probably the audiobook. So you can go ahead and listen to that. I'm just going to mention a few right now. In the first section, Gretchen talks about what she calls the pillars of habits. And those are the habits that can be helpful for most any of us, people of all four tendencies, of all the different distinctions that she lists. One of those pillars is monitoring, which she explains persuasively that we as humans are super great at exaggerating our own actions. We think we eat less sugar than we actually do. We, at, we eat out at restaurants way more than we think we do. We don't exercise as often as we convince ourselves. And Gretchen says, we don't truly manage what we don't monitor. And I'm like, wow, way to cut me to the quick, Gretchen. I have definitely felt that in my own life. And I will say, like, it can be daunting to monitor everything, like every aspect of our life. Um, so I think it's important to identify the specific habit. And she talks about this in her book, too. Identify the specific habit to monitor and then find the method of monitoring that works best for you. Whether that's creating a good old-fashioned chart by hand or making a spreadsheet or finding an app that works. She talks about her sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who is also the co-host of their podcast called Happier. Elizabeth has type 1 diabetes, and she talks about how monitoring her blood sugar level changed her life. But before she was monitoring, she thought her blood sugar level was actually better than it was. And so this monitoring system has really helped her. And then Gretchen talks about her own trials, mistrials sometimes, and the struggles that she's had with finding the best way to make monitoring work for her. It really is so specific to each person. Uh, The second of the pillar of habits that she talks about is accountability. If you learn about the four tendencies, you find out that for obligers, accountability, like outer accountability from someone else is an absolute must. 
Um, Obligers, just briefly, tend to meet outer expectations more readily than their own internal expectations. But when they harness the power of outer accountability for their personal goals, it works really well for them. But accountability can be helpful for all four of the tendencies. One of my favorite accountability stories that Gretchen tells which is brilliant. And I would probably employ this strategy if I had a dog. So she talks about somebody who wanted to get up earlier in the morning. uh, And so this person recorded a customized morning alarm. And that is a message that she says to her dog. And it says something like, Sadie, let's go for a walk. You want to go for a walk? And then her dog would jump up on her bed, super excited. And then there was no going back to sleep after that. And I think that is just brilliant and genius. I love it. So she shares different stories about um, accountability. And I will say for me personally, I have to be careful without her accountability. So for some people, and maybe this is you, making a public declaration provides accountability to follow through with a habit or a goal. But Gretchen also talks about how some people are what she calls private resolvers. And she quotes one person as saying, I have to keep my goals private or they lose their magic. And I have definitely experienced that, that sometimes making a public declaration of a goal will kind of backfire on me and it makes a sort of lackluster. But I have found that sometimes accountability is useful if I'm reporting my progress to just one person. Example, right this very moment, I have been sending all day messages every hour on the hour or close to it to my friend Hannah to keep me on track because I've devoted this day to working on the podcast. So in this case today, the accountability isn't so much like Hannah's going to really come down on me if I get off track. Um, I'll be honest, at this point, I don't even know if she's heard my messages or seen them or knows that she's my uh, accountability partner for the day. It's more that this form of accountability helps me remind myself of my goal and why I'm doing it. So like today when I took my lunch break and I really wanted to watch that next episode of the Goldbergs, instead, it was time to send Hannah a message. It was the hour and that snapped me out of this kind of pull that TV had. And that was really useful for me. So moving on, the other two pillars of habits that Gretchen discusses are foundations, which is addressing habits that benefit everyone, like sleep and moving, not to another house, like moving our bodies, um, eating and drinking right, and decluttering. And then also the habit of scheduling. I could keep talking about all these, but I'm going to instead move on. I'm just going to briefly mention a few others that she talks about. After talking about these uh, pillars of habits, Gretchen moves on to how important it is to just begin our habits rather than waiting to try and find some ideal time which can lead to procrastination or maybe even never starting a new habit. So she talks about some ways to overcome that. So she talks about how important a clean slate can be, whether that is starting a new job or just playing like New Year's Day. Uh, She talks about how sometimes a lightning bolt will hit that sets us on a new path just in an instant. And then she also talks about how to just take first steps and to not 
think that we have to be perfect when we're starting out, but to just start. Then Gretchen goes into some strategies that will help us hold on to our habits and also prevent us from falling off the path of our good habits. Next, Gretchen goes into a few strategies that will help us hold on to our new habits and prevent us from falling off the path of our new habits. One that I really liked is she talks about the strategy of convenience, which is making our good habits as easy to follow as possible. And so that might look like creating a workspace that is pleasant, that we enjoy and like smells good to something like having multiple pairs of workout clothes in different locations to make it easier to go to the gym. And then conversely, she talks about the strategy of inconvenience, making our bad habits harder to keep, which I really like. So she gives an example of like hiding cues for bad habits, like hiding a video game controller on a top shelf or increasing the amount of energy that it is takes to do something. And so that might look like never carrying credit cards with you so you can only spend what cash you would have in your wallet. Makes it inconvenient to overspend. Uh, she has a lot of just really good examples. Um, and then another thing that she talks about is the effectiveness of pairing a new habit with an established activity. I like this because I have successfully paired two activities with my morning coffee. The first one is making my bed while my Keurig is brewing. And then I, uh, when my coffee is ready, then I write my morning pages while I'm sipping it. And I love that. It's just become so natural to me. Let's see, she also talks about clarity, like how important it is to have clarity for the why of our new habit, really firmly understanding our purpose in forming the habit. And then, guys, she talks about so many more good things. I had to really restrain myself in preparing for this episode because I wanted to tell you all about it. But you can find out more about it yourself. If you're interested in joining a community that could inspire and equip you even further as you're making your impact, consider joining Team Impact on my Patreon. If you join now at any of the subscription tiers available, you would be one of the very first members and you'd play a role in helping me build a truly supportive community for others who are seeking to make their impact. And if I do say so myself, every tier comes with fun additional benefits too. You can check it out for yourself at patreon.com slash Melissa Ike, which is spelled E-I-C-K. I hope to see you on Team Impact. And of course, Gretchen incorporates how the different strategies can work for people in the different four tendencies. And so if that is an interest of yours as well, these, I mean, she created the four tendencies framework in conjunction with this book um, so that she could help people form habits according to who they are. And that actually leads me into, I wanted to tell you my very favorite part of this book. And I mentioned it before. It is a section on distinctions, which is a very short section of the book. But when I was listening to this the first time through on Audible, when she got to the part about distinctions, I knew I needed to see this info written down and hardcore journal about it. So literally a couple of days later, I went to Barnes & Noble, 
got myself my own paperback version, sat down in the cafe and had, in a word, a prolific journaling session. And that actually ended up helping me define the direction for this very podcast. Such a short section, but it was so illuminating to me. Uh, Something I appreciate about Gretchen is that she doesn't shame anyone for being who they are. The chapter on distinctions is called Different Solutions for Different People, and that just spoke to me so deeply. I've never personally related to like self-help or personal growth books that seem to say, if everybody would just do exactly what I'm doing, then their lives would be perfect and everybody would have the same results. I've always thought, but I'm not you and what you're describing doesn't suit me or the reality of my life. So Gretchen, on the other hand, with her emphasis on knowing ourselves, what I like is that she doesn't give like a step-by-step plan to follow. She encourages us to create our own plan. And I will say, in turn, that's technically harder than having someone just give you a plan to follow with like all the rules established and just following those rules. But that approach just doesn't work for everyone Um, especially those of us, again, with the four tendencies, any of us who have a tendency toward being a questioner or a rebel, I'm an upholder that tips questioner in the four tendency framework. And having someone tell me an exact plan to follow just immediately elicits feelings of wanting to buck against that plan. On the other hand, I have a friend who is an obliger and having a plan to follow with established rules works super well for her. So there again, the whole thing is that the key is knowing ourselves. So going through the distinctions that Gretchen laid out opened my eyes to what would work for me. So I'm just going to go through, there's quite a few that she lays out. I'm just going to list a few of them and you can keep an ear out for which distinction you might fall into. Okay, these are just a few. Are you a lark, an early morning riser, or an owl, someone who tends to stay up late? Are you a marathoner, a sprinter, or a procrastinator? Are you a familiarity lover? You like to do the same kinds of things most of the time, or are you a novelty lover? You crave doing something new and different pretty regularly. Do you like to take a bunch of small steps toward adopting a habit or make a big change with one big step? At what time of day do you feel most energized and at what time do you drag? What activities take up your time but aren't particularly useful or stimulating? Do you like to listen to experts or do you like to figure things out for yourself? Are you more likely to indulge in a bad habit in a group or when you're alone? And if you could magically, effortlessly change one habit in your life, what would it be? Those questions in the distinctions part just got me thinking so much. And writing out these journal answers helped me realize a few things about myself. I realized I am really more of a lark. I might procrastinate going to bed if I let myself get too tired. But when I go to bed early and get up early, I like it so much better. I learned that I am a marathoner. I learned, this is another distinction, I learned that I am an underbuyer and I am a simplicity lover. I learned that I love finishing things, which led to this super weird but super satisfying goal that I've been pursuing all year of filling up all of these journals that I'd had lying around, using up all these pens and markers 
and art supplies and greeting cards that I'd had for years and moved to multiple locations to use up a bunch of skincare products I'd been hanging on to. I made this goal of using these things up before buying any new ones, and I have thoroughly, weirdly enjoyed that process this whole year. And so not only did doing this make me aware of not spending more money on that stuff, and then even, you know, it could have just been like a fun thing that I did this year, but it actually fed into habits that are helping me make my impact. Not even kidding. Like using my journals and pens went hand in hand with doing morning pages. And then using things like my craft supplies and sending encouraging cards to people actually was a form of engaging in healthy self-care activities. And all of that, all of that comes together on the path toward making an impact. So now that I've alluded many times throughout this episode, to how this book has helped me on my path to making my impact, I have identified three ways that I believe this book could boost you in making yours, uh, helping you set habits to achieve your goals. So these are the things that I thought of based on my own experience and based on reading through Gretchen's books, listening to her podcasts, kind of getting to know through her, the way people have responded to her work, uh, these are these are the three things, the three ways that I think that it could help you. First, forming habits saves our energy for making our impact. She really hammers this home. Decision-making and willpower are not bottomless wells. Once they run out, it's extremely hard for us to find the energy to drum up more of them, which is why it's easier to make better decisions earlier in the day than later because we get tired. Habits, though, don't require that kind of energy. Like the decision is made, the action is in motion, and this frees up Uh, units, I guess, of decision-making and willpower for things like finding our passion, taking action to pursue that, and growing into making our impact. Second, forming habits can help us incorporate practical self-care into our lives and help us stay mentally and physically healthier for making our impact. We've talked in lots of other episodes, this is a common theme in this whole podcast, about how self-care is best when it isn't treated like a Band-Aid that we slap on when we've let our stress build up too much. It really is best when it's something we integrate into our daily lives. And that takes time. It's not probably going to be a perfect process. It's definitely hard to do in one fell swoop when we're busy. And so it's about making little changes, and that looks different for everyone. All I can do is speak from personal experience that this book has helped me integrate new habits that have seriously helped me get more sleep, go to bed and get up earlier, eat better most of the time I'm on my way, and keep my house neater. I'm not perfect at it. It is progressive. There's going to be room to grow in this probably for the rest of my life. But I can say that the way things have gone this year with the overwhelming growth of the nonprofit that I co-founded, so much going on all the time, I can say that even though I'm not going to lie, my stress levels have definitely been high, I know that they are better than they would have been if I didn't have these new habits. I know it with the core of my being. And so that means that even though my stress levels were high, I was able to continue making my 
impact because these habits grounded me at times when I felt like I was close to going off the rails. And I say that and kind of laugh, but when you're like, man, I am at my maximum stress level right now. And then these new habits that I had could come in, I could get rest and kind of reset and keep going. And I am, I'm just blown away by the reality of that in my life. Third and finally, forming habits can free up more time for making our impact. I found that making habits for so many things like my bedtime and morning routines, my housework, my meal prep has started to really yield results in terms of having extra time on my hands to make additional impact. So that means that if my hours at Dragonfly go long some weeks, it doesn't throw my life into disarray and disorganization because of the power of those habits. But then also what I've started to see over time is that when that doesn't happen, I do have extra time in my day. So I have, I will say like at first, I didn't really know what to do with that extra time in my day, it just might have been an hour or two. And I'll say, at first I kind of frittered it away. I would work on this podcast and do some other things and probably watch too much TV because I just wasn't used to it. And then I will say I started um, at some point putting that energy toward going to bed earlier. And now that that is established, I have started using that time to write at night. So it took a little while for like, the effect, the compound effect of the habits to get me to that point, but I'm starting to see it and it's so cool. So none of it happened immediately. I had to build the foundation of those habits. And then over the course of time, they started to take over and now I'm noticing it. I will say at this time last year, I did not have these habits. I've been working like at all. I've been working on them for about 10 months now and I I can't believe the difference that it has made. And I love them. They are important to me. And I find myself protecting them because I know that I am just starting to see, just starting to see the potential for their power and their effectiveness. I, of course, would love to hear your thoughts on all of this, on Better Than Before, on habits. I'd love to hear your take. So as always, I have a specific question that I will ask you at the end of the episode. But before I get to that, it is time for one of our regular features on making your impact, the Leslie Nope Corner. In the Leslie Nope Corner, I highlight a quote from my favorite impact-making fictional heroine, Leslie Nope, from the NBC show Parks and Recreation. You can watch all seasons of Parks and Rec on Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. Today's Leslie Nope quote is from Season 5, Episode 6, entitled Ben's Parents, written by Greg Levine. And that quote is, You are a beautiful, talented, brilliant, powerful muskox. In this episode, without giving too much away, Leslie is completely preoccupied with helping Ben manage his squabbling divorced parents at a big party. And then Anne is managing everything else, keeping the party going, helping the guests stay happy, and most of all, helping Chris Treger navigate a personal crisis so that it doesn't bring the entire party down. Anne shows up for Leslie in a big way, 
so that Leslie can focus her attention on this family issue. And, you know, of course, Leslie is known for her extravagant compliments that she directs at Anne, her best friend of all time, to try and even approximate the deep and pure love that she feels for Anne. Leslie says, and I today say this to you, my dear listener, you are a beautiful, talented, brilliant, powerful muskox. Now listen, we're going to break down this compliment. You are beautiful and don't you even argue with me in your head. You got it? I don't want to hear I'm too old. I'm not photogenic. I'm not thin enough. My eyes are weird. My hair is bad. I don't know. Listen, I understand. I have a hard time hearing this about myself too, but all of that crap, it's just crap. It just is. It's just lies. I'm telling you that you're beautiful because it's inherent. You just are. And that's the way it is. You are also talented and brilliant. Listen to me now. There are unique skills and points of view and problem-solving methods and ideas and types of intelligence that only you can bring to the table in your own unique combination. And you will never, ever convince me otherwise. It is the truth. You are also powerful. You know why? Because you can make your impact in this world and leave it a better place. You can do that for one person, a few people, or for many people. You can do it small ways every day. You can do it in big ways. You, you personally, you can leave a positive imprint on this world, and that is powerful. I dare you to argue with me. I dare you. I know that it's true. And finally, you are a muskox. Now, musk oxen, I discovered upon some research because I didn't know anything about them. They're covered with this super thick coat of shaggy, unkempt hair because they live in the Arctic. And they have this sort of like uh, oddly positioned, very long head. They are apparently known for a strong and unpleasant odor during mating season, but they're also super strong. They survive year after year incredibly harsh conditions. They are known to be fierce when a predator threatens them and they're heard. They have a way of circling up to defend and protect each other. And listen, I learned this from National Geographic Online, so you know that it's good information. So I think you put all of that together and have being called a beautiful, talented, brilliant, powerful mux. It's kind of a hard thing to say. Let's try again. Being called a beautiful, talented, brilliant, powerful musk ox is badass. So let this be an encouragement to you today of who you are and what you can accomplish as you're making your impact. Wow. So after that powerful Leslie Nope Corner, we're about to wrap it up. And I have a question of the ep. And I'm using one of Gretchen's questions. If you could magically, effortlessly change one habit, what would it be? And addition, how would it help you in making your impact? You can leave your comment on the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact on the post for this episode, which is episode 14. If you have thoughts or questions or something you'd like to hear more about on the podcast, you can email me at hello at melissaike.com or leave a voice message by clicking the link in the show notes. 
You can also follow me personally on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, all the platforms by searching Melissa Ike, E-I-C-K. On the next episode, we will talk with one of my dear friends whose name you have heard here if you've been listening. It's the one and only Hannah Brammer, and we'll talk about her journey toward making her impact. As always, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Please subscribe to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.